As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing the nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. There's something, actually there's a couple things as a father that bother me about this passage. The first thing is these uh, two brothers, James and John, who uh, leave their father alone in the, uh, in the boat. Uh, I don't know how you've done it with your kids, but we've tried to at least ensure one of our three kids will be our retirement plan. So the youngest, we continue to tell him that wherever uh, he lives, he needs to build a house for us or we'll help pay for it in the backyard. Uh, And so it strikes me a little strange when uh, these two sons decide uh, they're just going to up and leave their father. And yet, as a father, it also would trouble me that my sons would do something like this, that we've always told our kids that, you know, on your first job, when, when they offer it to you, make sure you understand what the terms are. Make sure you're clear what the responsibilities are. Make sure you're clear about insurance and, and other benefits. And in this story, these two boys don't ask any questions. They just leave the boat and they follow Jesus. There's a real paucity of information, and there's so many questions, and we just wonder, why? How did it go down like this? Why did they just leave their father and uh, head off on this new life? And I suppose there's a number of possibilities. The first possibility is uh, simply this, that it illustrates the power and wonder of Jesus. Some of you are old enough to remember the first Star Wars movie that came out, and you'll remember when they're in, in town with uh, Obi-Wan and Luke, and they're looking uh, uh, for a passage, and they've got the two droids with them that they're, uh, they're trying to escape with, and you'll remember uh, the uh, Imperial soldiers stop them, uh, and the storm um, soldiers, and they are looking for a droid, and you'll remember that Obi-Wan just kind of is able to wave his hand and go, these are not the droids you're looking for, and the soldiers fall for it. I mean, it's, you almost wonder if Jesus is just able to walk by, wave Jesus' hand, and, and there they go. That's possible. Another possibility is simply this. Maybe there's very little information because it, the story's meant to say, if you've never followed Jesus, you can't understand the story. But if you too will get out of your boat and follow him, you'll understand why the disciples got out of their boat. In other words, some things we don't understand until we actually attempt or try them themselves. And and I think that's possible. But here's my current working theory, that there are things that the disciples understood uh, that um, a first century group of people listening to the story would understand, but we miss. So the first one is this. Jesus said, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Doesn't mean much to us, But they knew their Bible so well. In Jeremiah 16, God says this. God says, look, when the day of the Lord is coming, I'm going to send out for people who will go be fishers of men. So it was a way of Jesus basically quoting the Bible. And if you put the dots together, he's walking to them. They're in the boats and he's basically saying, I'm God, follow me. It's no wonder they got out of the boat. But they also understood something I think you and I don't understand very well, and that is what an incredible honor 
and privilege and opportunity it is to follow a great rabbi. Jesus uh, may not be at the full height of his glory yet, but obviously people already know about him. And one of the things I've learned uh, from going to Israel and studying with Ray Vanderland is uh, one of the highest aspirations of young men who grow up in Bethsaida or Capernaum uh, or Chorazin, what we call the triangle around the sea, by the Sea of Galilee, is the highest aspiration was that they one day could, be, could follow a great rabbi like that and may even be one. And so the competition was fierce to get into a leading rabbinical school. And the odds of getting in are a little bit like the odds of our children growing up to play, or my grandchildren now, in the NBA. I mean, a lot of kids play Little League basketball. Uh, some less play junior high. Some less play high school. You narrow it down, some will get into college. Very few will become starters in college. Few of them will get drafted, and few of them will hook on with an NBA team. Ray Vanderland estimates that only one out of every 10,000 boys in, uh, in Israel will grow up and be able to study with a great rabbi like Jesus or someone like him. So it's an amazing honor. I remember years ago, uh, uh, my son uh, got out of law school and came and took a job in Texas um, uh, near us, and so we were glad about that. But I have to tell you, if uh, his, uh, his last year in law school, if he would have landed an opportunity to go clerk for Supreme Court justice, his mom and I, uh, his mother and I would not have said, oh, how can you leave us here in Texas by ourselves, go off to Washington, D.C.? Are you kidding? I would have worked that in every sermon that my son is clerking at the Supreme Court. In the same way, I think even Zebedee in the boat knows this is an amazing opportunity for my boys. Because the interesting thing is when a great rabbi calls you, we think it's to, to learn a bunch of material and regurgitate it. But great rabbis, the, you follow them to become just like them. In other words, Jesus is saying, I'm, I'm calling you. Follow me is basically what the call is. Come follow me. Because I believe you can be just like me. Imagine that you could be just like Jesus. It was an amazing opportunity. One of the things they used to say in the first century is that the sin of most rabbis is they they often tell people to believe in God, but they forget to remind people that God believes in them. When Jesus walks along the Sea of Galilee, he finds these fishermen. Basically, what he's saying to them is, I believe in you. You have what it takes to be like me. So it's no wonder they got out of the boat And they had to know the sacrifice. They had to know it would be a life change. I think that was understood. You were going to be on a journey. Most disciples uh, followed their master for 13 years till they were around age 30. So you knew that your life was going to change, but they knew that that change would be for the better, if not for the best. It's kind of interesting. I have to admit, many times I follow Jesus because I'm hoping nothing will change. I'm following Jesus because I'm hoping to strike a deal. Jesus, if I follow you, will you just keep everything the same at work and will you keep everything kind of even kill at, at home? But the first disciples knew that if you're following Jesus, it changes everything. But here's the deal. They also knew that it changes everything for the better. As we begin Lent together, I hope you'll hear that call of Jesus to follow, knowing that it will leave you changed, but knowing that it will leave you changed for the best.